I've got Confucius. He say, okay, maybe I had some very bad ideas about the stratification of class in society. Oh, and I've got an uplifting story from a concentration camp. Welcome to Deep Sights. That's way worse. <laughs> not feeling, uh, not feeling the jokes so much now. Well, now that Nat is providing the tinfoil uh, for our teeth to slowly masticate. <laughs> okay, that's all it was doing. I thought Welcome. we were be cooking up the heroin of history. No. <laughs> injecting it into our mains of entertainment. No, I no but I'm ready. Uh, it's a history podcast. Nat will tell you. Yeah, he's Jake. Yep, I'm Nat Tapley. Together, we have really exhaustively gone through every event that's happened on this day of history, Julian calendar notwithstanding, and mm. have found some things that should pass the time for a bit. Here's Lizzie Roper. She's going to tell us which is best. Uh, I'm best. I'm here. You are. Absolutely, one hundred percent are. Actually, I'm here. I marvel at your your huge intellect, your ability to make facts fascinating. And I sit there and go, I don't understand. So yes, hello. Brilliant. Let's move on to the (laughs) 2nd of August, 1943. And let me take you to the Treblinka extermination camp in Poland, where between 700,000 and 900,000 Jews were killed and at least 2,000 Romani people as well. Uh, When the camp was found at the end of the war, the Germans tried to pretend that it wasn't actually an extermination camp by building a hut over the top of the field where they had buried most of the people, then saying, no, that's been there for ages. Yeah, that's been there since way, whoa, way, way before the war. Um, the paint is it, wet. <laughs> nine. It is just um, shiny. It's very. Uh, it is not matte. It is gloss. Mm-hmm. Um, so in 1943, Dr. Julian Korazowski, who was a Polish captain who was also an inmate at the uh, camp, started a unit resistance unit uh, to try and seize the camp because every Monday there were no executions at the camp. Uh, The gas chambers were turned off and all of the guards went to have a swim in a nearby river. So he plotted so that one Monday they managed to make a copy of one of the keys to the armoury. It was meant to happen in June, this uprising, but unfortunately someone who'd been moved there from the ghetto... Um, had smuggled in a grenade and blown up some guards whilst they were being um, with the grenade they'd smuggled in. So after that, they didn't have the opportunity until on the 2nd of August, 1943, once again, the German guards and 40 Ukrainians took the Monday off and went to swim in a nearby river, at which point the conspirators got the key and they opened the armoury. They took 20 to 25 rifles, grenades, um, and at 3.45pm, they tried to take the camp. Uh, for 30 minutes, they set building ablaze, they exploded a tank of petrol, they attacked the gate, um, where unfortunately the machine gun fire killed almost all of them. But 200 people did successfully escape from Dublinka on the 2nd of August 1943. Uh, half were killed during a chase. What they hadn't was managed the phone lines, so there were German reinforcements there reasonably quickly. But 70 or 80 did escape and survive to the end of the war. Um, and that is... As bad as hopeful a story as we get from the concentration camps, so I thought we should remember that it's not uh, always all gloom. A tale. Jesus <laughs> Christ! No, that wasn't where I was going. Uh, not always a tale in which there isn't at least some resistance to what is going on. That is uh, amazing. I don't understand how we that we haven't heard about that, or it hasn't been made mm. into a big Hollywood blockbuster. 
That's I think probably because now, thousands and thousands of people were mown down in the process. Yes. No Germans died yeah. in the making of that incident, unfortunately. No. Not What's unfortunately. the Steve McQueen okay, one where he goes over the wire the great, on the great escape? There. Yeah. There were yeah. no Americans in that camp, really, so that's just exactly. Doesn't Don't they keep throwing Steve McQueen in the slammer in that one? Yeah. yeah. And he throws the ball against slammer. the thing. Bouncing his balls off the wall. Steve okay. McQueen. Well, that's some fun. Uh, all of that right, well, is. Scrape that up off the floor and make some fun with it. <laughs> God. Okay, well, thank you very much, Nat, for uh, illuminating us with an important story that needed to be told, mm. um, and certainly not one that, uh, in all seriousness, we would ever seek to make light of. Um, so let me try and offer something that's worthy of your contempt. Okay. Um, I've got the 2nd of August, 1869. Now, we're in Japan. Oh. What? Yeah. Uh, so the Edo Society has been running for quite a long time, uh, nearly 200 years, I think. Uh, mm-hmm. An extraordinarily stratified uh, organisation of society. It was a class system. There were something like seven tiers. So at the top you had the emperor, but the emperor didn't have any power. Oh. Then you had court nobility, just mucking about. Then you had the shoguns and, you know, just like the car, they would hashtag dominate. Uh, <laughs> then you had the daimyo. Uh, and they were yeah. sort of militaristic, yo. Uh, then you had the samurai, the peasants, the craftsmen, and the merchants. Now, where do you think you would place yourselves on this? I'll, well, I'll, we can dismiss the top. The way you just said it. Yeah, peasants, craftsmen, <laughs> and then merchants. At the bottom, merchants. Yeah, and a quick reminder uh, that uh, our Patreons <laughs> are the lifeblood of this. Uh, if you want to buy a badge, uh, frankly, a ridiculously yes, overpriced fee. <laughs> we'll craft it by hand yeah. and send it to you at some point when we get round to it. Yeah, sorry about that. That's my fault. <laughs> but I have done them now. Sort oh, of. There's another batch. Oh, brilliant. I look forward to sitting on them for two months. Uh, anyway, where would you place yourself? Samurai, peasant, craftsman, merchant? Merchant. Lizzie? I prefer the word peasant. Hmm. Mm. I do a lot of gardening and my beans are going quite mental at the moment. Tell me about it. Well, you're both wrong. Yeah. Uh, Podcasters are lower. Than yes, yeah. I think I think you. Well, exactly. You would you would actually qualify as an untouchable, uh, which <laughs> came beneath the merchants. Oh, good. Um, because you would be ethnic minorities, oh. um, but also it says uh, executioners, undertakers, slaughterhouse workers, butchers, tanners, and podcasters. So, fair um, enough. Butchers of stories from the past. Yes, exactly. Um, so what happened was uh, the the Maiji Restoration uh, was effectively a revolution where they said no, actually the emperor should should emperor, and uh, mm-hmm. we're gonna we're gonna have all of that, and so they restored sort of literal imperial rule, and it triggered this massive uh, sea change in Japan. That huge industrialization took place over the next fifty years. Um, they went from having something like eighteen miles of railway track in thirty years to having four thousand miles. Mm. It was extraordinary kind of explosion of uh, industry and the sort of importation of, of Western ideas. But it was um, an interpretation of Confucian beliefs that provided provided the foundation of the Edo society that they overthrew on this mm. day in 1869. Well, 
that uplifting note, I shall take us to the birthdays when we will wish happy birthday to Betsy Bloomingdale. She was a socialite and philanthropist and was known as the world's best party host according to the book she wrote herself. <laughs> <laughs> she kept lists of every party she had ever given, including who was there, what food was served, and how it went. She was on the international best dressed list from 1962, and was on it every year of her life after that, and was entered into the best dressed hall of fame. Did she live to like 1963 or something? <laughs> <laughs> she lived, I think, into the 90s, because her best friends were Nancy Reagan, Joan Collins, oh. Joan Rivers, and Lauren McCall. Wow. Oh, that's a party. Oh, oh yes. She's got some she stories to tell, hasn't she? Mm. I'd like I'd, first friend. I'd like to keep notes with. on all my parties. Served whatsits and baguettes <laughs> with March. <laughs> yeah. Cut into rondels. Aldi tortilla chips. <laughs> yes. mm. <laughs> that's it. That's Betsy Bloomingdale. Uh, she was born on this day. Uh, happy birthday to Jacques Etienne Montgolfier, the co-inventor of the hot air balloon with his brother. He started as a paper manufacturer and he invented transparent paper before he invented the hot air balloon. Uh, the Montgolfier company still exists, making paper under the name Consom. Happy birthday to Jacques Etienne Montgolfier. Yeah. <laughs> Son of a con. Mm. <laughs> Very good. Lizzie, it's time for you to make a decision. <sighs> About well, which one of us is the best person? Yes, indeed. <laughs> yes, indeed. And thank you very much, gentlemen, for serving me two of the driest stories that you could possibly oh. lay your hands on. It's like feasting on a bowl of sawdust You're whilst welcome. rubbing sand I'm into sorry, my eyes. There wasn't I'm... enough excitement for you. <laughs> but but it, <laughs> it reads like a three star, right? <laughs> <laughs> Are you reading my review of Chortle? Damn you. Oh lordy! I, where where am I? Where can I go? I, you know, and you know what I miss. Where you know what? what I miss? <laughs> I miss an Italian accent. I miss a drama scenario. Mm, I miss. <laughs> and the only way you two can get yourselves out of it yeah. and allow me to decide who is the greatest yeah. is if you take, if you transport yourself back mm. to a party attended yeah. by Betsy and Nancy yeah. Reagan oh, and yeah. <laughs> you have to Joan Collins. out. Joan Collins can be there as well, but that Good. means one of you will have to take on two characters. Why, why don't you come in? You should come in as Joan when you feel yes. the whole thing's over. Okay. Okay, right. Who's Lizzie, is Betsy come in. hosting? I'll start. I'll <laughs> okay. Ralph, dear, Ralph, dear, are the tortilla chips out? I want to make sure everything's ready for when Nancy arrives. And it's dry rice like... peanuts or what? <laughs> it feels like whose line is it anyway? Yeah. <laughs> oh, come in, burly Nancy Reagan. Yeah, thanks very much. Listen, I've got an allergy, right? So if there's any peanuts in here, you've got to take them all out, right? I will eat them all right now. How'd you do, um, Nancy um, Reagan? Um, nice to meet you. What's your name? Drop it, I'm Joan Collins, Collins and you're oh. all <laughs> Is that how you do it? <laughs> if only her polite sister Jackie had been here. <laughs> I can't believe she wrote a dictionary. <laughs> <laughs> Language like that. Uh, there you are. Uh, there we go. There you are. Sorry, um, uh, not enough um, rum today. So I, um, I often mistake Nancy Reagan for Ray Winstone. Just <laughs> in my head, they're the same. I, I don't yeah. know why. And, and for Nancy that Reagan reason... Nancy Reagan someone with pool balls in a sock. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
Well, nice for image, that reason that. and that reason alone, Jake Yap, you are the winner. Amazing. Well done, Jake Yap. It's Amazing. one nil for the week. This brand new week, sullied by Jake Yap's Nazi Reagan. Thank you for reminding us what day it is. <laughs> it is Sunday, the second yes. of August. Of course it is. We'll be back with more yes. tomorrow, which will be the third and probably a Monday. Let's mm. all try and sleep through it, shall we? And we'll see you on the fourth. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Bye.